Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. I'm so excited that you're listening to season four, where I'm inviting different co-hosts every month to join me for conversations about faith and about perhaps their personal questions or objections about faith. And every month we've been doing this, um, it's such a gift to be able to go on these journeys with these young women and hear their stories of faith or or not faith. And um, this month, if you've been listening, we're talking with Ruby from Taiwan. Um, and she's sharing uh, about her questions regarding faith. And one of those questions was really, really an important one, which uh, we're going to explore today. And that was, why, why do Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Why do Christians believe that Christ is the only way to God the Father? Um, and isn't it prideful to think that? That's a great question. And um, if you're honest, I'm guessing it's a question that some people, most people, have asked um, in some form or another. Today, I'm excited about our guest because she's going to be exploring that question with us. Um, but before we get to that, um, I just want to say welcome back, Ruby. I'm so glad you're here. Hi. And uh, Ruby, I think that today's going to be really fun, and I just have really enjoyed talking with you. And last week when we talked with your former teacher, Mr. Von Prague, Louie, and hearing about how uh, he became a Christian after 42 years of atheism, that was a pretty incredible story. So friend, if you have not heard that story yet, I would encourage you to take a listen because um, it was really incredible, and Louie gave a lot of logical reasons why he came to faith, which I thought was really fascinating. So uh, please check that out. And also to our regular listener, it is the middle of September. And once in a while, you hear me talk about this, and I'm going to talk about it again. We have a few of you who are supporting this podcast through Patreon, and we just want to thank you for doing that. And for those of you who've told me that you want to support this program, but haven't, you know who you are. Would you take a moment, pause this, go over to my webpage, uh, findingsomethingreal.com, click on support, and um, subscribe to be a Patreon supporter. There's a video in there that explains everything. You're going to get some stuff with that, including the bonus episode that we do every month, uh, where my co-host and I sit down and talk about what impact, if any, this journey had on her. But um, now would be the time to, uh, to go ahead and do that. So Okay. All right. So today, I'm really excited about our special guest. Um, Our special guest today is Alex Davis. Alex Davis was born in Oklahoma. She was raised in a Christian household uh, as an only child. She graduated from Baylor University in December of 2017 with a degree in corporate communications. Um, She ran there at Baylor as a scholarship athlete. and she was discovering what she wanted to do with her life. And quickly she found her love for writing, for speaking, and serving others in that capacity. Recognizing that God was calling her into a unique path of ministry her senior year, she made the changes in her life needed to follow God's will. Um, This is interesting, but it took rejection after rejection for her to see what God was calling her to walk towards. 
Ultimately, she found that truth of the gospel energized her soul as she is now pursuing her master's in Christian apologetics at Oklahoma Baptist University. Living in Oklahoma City, she is currently working in women's ministry and community outreach at Frontline Church. I'm excited to welcome my friend, Alex. Alex, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here. So thrilled. (laughs) So honored. Uh, Well, Alex, you and I have talked once before. I think it was last spring or right before the summer. Am I right? Was it that long ago? I think it was. It was quite a while. It was before my kids were out for school. I'm almost positive. Because you were going Mm -hmm. off for a trip, I recall. Uh, Yeah, I think that was May. Oh, my. I think it was in May. No way. Mm -hmm. That's so weird. (laughs) So how did we get connected? Somebody, was it Jake uh, who connected us? I think it was Jake. What's his last name? Jake Dobrans? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's a podcaster. And he runs a group that kind of connects podcasters with each other. And I think I was sharing in there about finding something real. And he said, you should connect with my friend, Alex. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we started talking. Am I right? I think or, or did I just right. make that up? <laughs> I think you are hitting a home run right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm just recalling. It's 6 a.m. here in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's really 6.30 at this point, but... I've been up since five for this. So that that was early, friend. Um, this is true love. So just so you know, uh, my cognitive abilities don't work as well. In fact, this is actually a scientific fact as she's drinking coffee right in front of me. Um, this is a scientific fact, Alex, that I, I read, or it's some magazine fact, um, that your brain works the best about two hours after you wake up the first time. It's like at its peak two hours later. You're nodding your head. You agree. That's probably right. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know where I found that. Whoever's listening, if you've heard of that, please send me the actual statistics. So I'm not lying about this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I think like I'm not near my peak. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even close. <laughs> Maybe I am. I mean, it's like half an hour away. <laughs> you know, the spirit can do crazy things. So the, cra- the Holy Spirit can. Yeah, no. So <laughs> Alex, how did you discover that apologetics, talking about the gospel, talking about the hard questions surrounding it, was your passion? Mm, Great question. So I've loved the Lord and been passionate about him since I was 12 years old, but it has definitely been since graduating from college in 2017 and just truly trying to walk in the gospel and walk in the way that I know my Jesus desires for me too. Um, and walking in that in adulthood is what kind of cultivated and catapulted that. So ultimately I found something that the Lord just kind of zealously placed on my heart, I guess last year in 2020, like towards the beginning of the year, I started seeing like the honest, the Holy Spirit opened up my eyes to specific false teachings and things that I was believing in that contradict the truth of the gospel. And Mm -hmm. I just, it was as if my eyes had been blinded and I'd been listening to teachers and preachers and specific authors before turning to the truth. And I was just like, Alex, what have you been doing? And my eyes were just opened. And then in that moment, the Lord just revealed to me that I had been running from my call and I was called to talk about this and, and speak boldly, even though I'm still learning and I'm, I'm no John Piper, but (laughs) 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 John Piper is rocking awesome. But ultimately like it's in these moments of learning and discerning that I can continue to speak and, and share. So I would say the ignited ness within me was last year like early last year wow how old are you can do you mind if i ask 27 you said that since you were 12 years old you had this like fire in you mm-hmm. um where did that come from and did you ever go through a season of doubting your faith or struggling with your faith you just mentioned that maybe you were believing in some different false teaching um maybe we can get into that a little bit but was there ever a point where you were like, oh, I don't know if I really want to stake my whole life on this? 
So I would say it came from the opportunity and the blessing that I got to being raised in a Christian household and just being encouraged by my parents, seeing my father in his Bible study 5 a.m. every day, you know, getting in the word, preaching in Sunday school uh, or teaching in Sunday school and being embedded in that body of Christ. So that really ignited something within me. I would say I wasn't really walking fully and blameless with Jesus. Like I wasn't like so strong. I knew his face, you know, but as time went on, as it does, and we grow in maturity in our faith that had definitely evolved. And so I would say it came from the roots of just being blessed to be in a Christian household and being constantly around people that like adults that were encouraging me. I've been mentored by people as long as I can remember. There was someone in my life mentoring me in some capacity. Mm. So just so blessed by that. But I have never found myself doubting my faith. I have found myself getting fearful that I wasn't, mm, I found myself fearful that I wasn't living in a way that was pleasing to the Lord or, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all of us, but I have particularly found myself fearful of like digging into specific passages of scripture, for example, because it might take me into doubt. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe the Lord has placed a blessing on my life to have a spiritual gift of faith and not just like the saving faith, but like faith, <laughs> faith, um, mm-hmm. to not doubt my faith, but I struggle and wrestle with specific things, kind of like the false teachings that I was believing. I was like placing that on top of scripture and thinking that, oh, these like Jesus plus this, you know? Mm. And I think that was more of what I continue to struggle with. Just like going through there, my mind and pointing all to Christ instead. Mm. Yeah. Um, So, without going into too much detail about it, because I want to focus on the main question today, but um, some of those false teachings, uh, maybe we'll have to have you on here to talk about that some other time. Um, But like self-help type stuff or psychology type things uh, that have kind of infiltrated uh, the church. Uh, Am am I getting close? You're nodding your head. Yeah. 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 You're super close. And a lot of it comes from like authors and speakers and teachers that say specific things that sound like the gospel. They sound like Jesus. It sounds good, but it's ultimately tickling your ears and mm. um, placing us as God, like a lowercase God. So for somebody maybe who's listening, was listening to this for, for Ruby, and <laughs> now it's all of a sudden you've piqued their interest. Um what is the one thing you learned when evaluating uh, maybe a different like mainstream thought um, or a thought that's come into uh, the Christian, uh, you know, media realm? How do you tell whether it's false or true? Woo. It's hard. Let me tell you that. It's hard. But what I've learned and discerned that I have to practice is going into the word of God diligently on a daily basis is the number one capacity. And I mean, it's, it's our sword. It's the way that we fight our battles. And so going into listening and to teachers and reading books, we always need to make sure that we're fully equipped with the armor of God. And like, we know the word. And so for those that are new in their faith, having a mentor in your life can truly help you discern as well. Um, and just making sure you're looking into the background of teachers and preachers of what, of where they are, you know, what faith belief system specifically are they portraying? So for example, you can see a lot of things happening in churches today of people 
proclaiming that they are little G gods. And maybe they're not saying that specific phrase, but you can see it in their teachings and encompass in the way that they're placing man at the center of scripture instead of Christ in the center mm. of scripture. And that will destroy the way that you think about Jesus. And you'll just think the world revolves around you and that scripture revolves around you. Scripture is not about us. It's about Jesus. Mm. And so yeah. that's something specifically that really um, hurt my faith, but it didn't deter me from believing in Jesus. Yeah. I heard a pastor recently talking about that because uh, somebody asked, like, how do you know? How do you know? And I think he gave very similar advice, which was to be in the word, um, you know, obviously pray, <laughs> and then uh, to look for the gospel being center. Look uh, for the cross. He said, mm. look for the cross. And this pastor I've talked about on this podcast quite a few times because I love that he is always talking about the gospel. His name's Josh White. But one of the things that he says, the cross is not a ladder to climb. It's something to die on. And when Jesus, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Jesus died on that cross, right, he suffered and died. And when we are, you know, feeling like we're climbing a ladder or trying to, you know, get above, be better, better ourselves, you know, achieve, there's something, you know, if that's kind of the, the mode that we're in, we need to be checking ourselves a little bit because that's not... That's not the gospel. Um, but anyway, okay, so we weren't going to talk about that, but that's great. Uh, so little nugget there. Would you agree that universalism is becoming more popular or seems to be more popular these days? Because I've noticed that this idea that all roads lead to God, it's kind of, it's not just from outside the Christian faith that I've heard this. I've heard this from Christians as well. Like, well, maybe... Uh, you know, there's other ways. It's, I don't know, maybe it's just because of the, the time that we live in with um, the internet and social media and constantly hearing ideas. But it seems like I was just listening to a podcast the other day, um, where it almost seemed like the Christians who were producing this podcast um, were, I don't, I don't want to get too far into this, but basically criticizing the idea that no, there's only one way. So what do you say to that? Do you think that's true that you see more people embracing this idea that all roads lead to heaven? Yes. <laughs> it is so prevalent. I mean, it is everywhere. It is majority of even my generation, I would say specifically. What I see particularly is people don't want to be offensive so they want to be accepting, accepting of everyone, of everything, which I understand. I love everyone. I want to love everyone like Jesus, like Jesus does. And like he, he did and continues to reveal to us in scripture. Like in John, I think it's 13. He's constantly telling, he tells the disciples to love like I love and love one another. And, but the love of Jesus is offensive. <laughs> The truth of the gospel is offensive, and that's what our world is so fearful and almost disgusted by because it it offends our sin and our flesh. Every day I'm offended by my flesh and my sin. Every day. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it fully even ruminates on the idea that everyone has their own truth. Everyone has their own individual truth is what universalism in a sense kind of proclaims. And that would then mean that it was a wavering and that it was a wavelength and that each one just gets to pick and choose. But that doesn't make sense because truth is, if it's truth, then truth has to be consistent. It can't change. There's only one truth and that is the gospel of Jesus. And it's true true because well he never changes i mean how can truth be truth if it's constantly changing it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to my brain okay so i want to push back on that a little bit because i know that somebody listening is probably going well, it's not my truth right so um i am thinking about somebody cuz you just touched on something that 
it's absolutely right. Like our culture today um, believes that you can have your truth and I can have my truth. Um, and that to be accepting and loving of people, that is what, what needs to happen. Now, I, I just want to be on the record of saying, I do think we need to be accepting and loving of people. Absolutely. But I, but I don't think we need to say that there's um, no absolute truth. Um, however, our culture has gotten to the point where that's almost a dirty thing to say, right? To say, I believe in absolute truth um, because your experience is your experience. My experience is mine. We're going to see the same experience differently. So how can there be absolute truth? And I think that that's, you know, a big philosophical question. But like, how how can Christians say, hey, um, the Bible says this, and this this is the truth here. I think you touched on something really great there, just that we each have different experiences. And so it's like we each have different lenses on and the way that we see Jesus and the way that we see the gospel and the way that we see scripture. And that's because of our experiences. So I'll just give an example. Like over the last six months, I've been walking through a pretty dry season of life and been walking through suffering and temptation and it's been icky and I don't want to succumb to my flesh, but it's there and I have been, and I've been having to be so repentant of how I've fallen into temptation constantly. I'm just like, Lord, I don't want this. Take this thorn from me. Like Paul, like I do not want this. And so through my lens of which I see Jesus right now, I'm just like, Lord, can you please reconstruct the way that I see you? Because right now my, I'm blinded by my sin. I'm blinded by the way that I am living my life. And that's what I see so much in so many people's lives is we're blinded by what we perceive and what we want Jesus to look like, what we want truth to look like. We have our own depiction because of our experiences. And so there is one truth because if there was creation, there had to have been a creator. No one had to create a, the creator God. If he was the one that cultivated and created and continues to pursue, um, pursue us, there has to just be one. And to love others is to point them to the truth. If we didn't love others, we would point them away from the truth. And you point people away from the truth if you try to point them to your own truth or to tell them that their own truth based upon their own lens of experience is true. I would never point anyone to the ideas and the lies that are in my mind that come from the enemy. If I was to say that that was my truth, I, I don't know where I would be. I would be a mess. I'm already a mess, but I would even be so much more of a mess. Um, Cause we are not innately good. And if we are born innately good, then we could have a truth within us. Sure. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You only need to turn on the news to find out how innately good we really are. <laughs> yeah. I've heard the illustration and it, it varies a little bit depending on who shares it. But, you know, you let's say you are, you know, somewhere like by the Grand Canyon, right? And you see where the cliff is and somebody's coming towards you in their vehicle and you say, hey, there's a cliff there. And they're like, in my truth, it's not there. And you're like, no, 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 there really is a cliff there. It's right there. And, um, but, you know, the person says, no, they're going to, you know, drive over the cliff, right? Yeah. Like, why do you um, think that there is only one way lead to God or yeah. to heaven? Yeah. Really good question. So ultimately, I believe it because of the saving grace of Jesus. But when you look at scripture and you look at the way that Jesus lived, he always points to himself as the way, the truth, and the life. And that has been evidence in my own life and in the lives around me. 
So I would also say that having one truth and having Jesus in our lives is evidence, like I said, by the way that we live, but also whenever we look at Jesus specifically, and we see that the way that he loved people, and we see that the way that he interacted with those, like even his disciples, we look at scripture, he was never walking in arrogance and pride. He was constantly walking in love and encompassing them and others with that love, um, bringing them to himself and pointing them to the Father. And so I believe it because Christianity is, I mean, it is an exclusive faith. So there is one way, and that is the way that we come to know the Father and accept the Holy Spirit. And it's out of love and it's out of accepting us where we are. So Jesus meets us where we are. And even in the midst of our sin, I've been walking through depths of sin and temptation over the last few months, just like fighting my own flesh. And the Lord's met me where I am. And he hasn't called me out of ministry or called me out of doing the things that he's placed on my heart, but he's met me where I am. And in that, I fully believe that there is one way because the way that the Lord continues to pursue me and he meets me where I am and scripture just bluntly says there's one way toward heaven and it is through believing in Jesus as, as he is one with the father. Alex, what are your thoughts about the objection of, well, if God is loving, why wouldn't he have many ways to him? Mm, That's real. So, He's loving so that there is one way. So I would love to just hone in on that. So the way that Jesus loves us is bringing him to, bringing us to himself. The way that he loves us is revealing how we need to become more like him. And that doesn't mean that we become little G gods, but it just means that we get to encompass the characteristics of Jesus and walk in the fruits of the spirit and um, be moved by the Holy Spirit within us once we accept him in. So it's loving to walk and be um, and continually pursue Jesus and He allows us into that love by saying, hey, child, like, this is the way I am the good shepherd. You are the sheep. And he cut, he leaves the 99 to cut, to bring that one back to him. And it's not hateful. It is, hey, child, like, you will not, you will continue to be burdened by the things of this world if you live in this way or that But if you continue to pursue me and as I've been pursuing you, this is fruitful. This is a beautiful way of living and not only in eternally, in eternity with him, but in beauty now, even in the midst of pain. So it's loving because he wants us to find freedom now and forever. Um, That's loving. That is fruit-filled and beautiful in my point of view. What are your thoughts on that, Ruby? No. Alex, what about, I'm just going to articulate what I think Ruby's asking, and that's like people are trying to be good. They're trying to do the right thing. They're trying, they've grown up being taught a certain way. Why is Jesus Christ unique and different and following him the quote unquote right way. So big difference in those beliefs versus Jesus is um, the ways that being good and living out patterns of fruitfulness in their eyes. So it's being a good person. It's walking in the practices of that specific belief system 
and it's being in accordance to. So it's just living out a specific pattern in those belief systems. And that therein, that would lead to nirvana or all the other pathways towards their specific heaven. Um, so in, in Christ, there's, there's no need, I guess, to specifically walk in a specific practice. Like Jesus takes us as we are. Like it is out of the fruit and the outpour of our heart, rather, that we desire to get into the word to, of course, then do good works, but it's out of the outpour. It is not the reason that gets us to heaven. Um, it is through the Holy Spirit. And even if, like I've been saying, I'm just going to continue to bring it back, is like I'm tempted to sin and gossip and be a glutton. I'm tempted to um, just be a poop head to people, honestly. <laughs> and, and truly in that, because of that, that doesn't hinder anything. It doesn't hinder whether or not I get to spend eternity with my creator or spend time with him now in peace and joy and the confidence that he meets me where I am. I don't have to do anything. Ultimately, I could just be a poop head and have the Holy Spirit within me. I could, but he sure wouldn't be pleased with me by that. And so <laughs> that is like the biggest difference in those specific paths. And it sounds lazy. And I mean, I've been a lazy Christian. We all have, I mean, ultimately, but it is, like I said, it is at the outpour of our hearts because he fills our cups. And whenever you stay planted in community, it is then that you will continue to see fruits out, outpour into your life and into others' lives and to just point people to Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned it, but I, it was a real brief mention, but when people say it's prideful of you to believe there's only one way, um, scripture actually says there's only one way. That ultimately points us to Jesus as the one, the way, the truth and the life. Um, and that always just causes me to think of the goodness of the father and how he wants us to know the truth. He's not hiding it from us. He's not trying to bring pain upon his children. He's wanting us to know the truth so that we can experience freedom. I'm thinking of Acts too, where Peter tells um, the people that are gathered there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Um, Peter was addressing the Jewish leaders, uh, recorded in Acts 4.12. If it, the accusation is it's prideful to only believe that there's a lot of things in Scripture that we would have to say are prideful, <laughs> like um, because there's a lot of things that are unpopular in our culture today that Scripture actually says. And so... Um, it would be kind of going back to that analogy of the cliff. It would be unloving to say, oh, you're right. It's probably a bunch of different ways, but that is not what scripture teaches at all. And if scripture is true, uh, then there's a, a major problem um, in believing that there's more than one way uh, to God. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I think that's that's my big concern when I hear even Christians talking about, well, you know, I just don't know. In fact, I remember years ago, I was leading a woman's Bible study and we started talking about universalism and I said something about Jesus being the only way. And this woman was a Christian. She was just like, really? You believe that? There's only one way to God? And I was like, yeah, because scripture says that it's pretty clear that Jesus is the only way. And she was kind of taken aback by that. And, um, I think like what we were talking about earlier, Alex, like maybe offended a little bit in her spirit. Like, really, there should be more than I mean, honestly, in my spirit, sometimes I'm like, man, it does sound like there's only one way. But when I think of like a relationship, like when I think there's a picture behind me of me and my husband, right? If he was like, yeah, uh, you can be with whoever you want to be 
to have a loving marriage with me. That that's a lie, right? With between him and I, it's him and I and no one else. It's him and I and no one else because of that intimacy, because of that trust, because of, you know, the path that we're on together. And it's kind of an illustration of our relationship with God, right? With Jesus, right? There's no one else that provides the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants that intimacy with us. In fact, scripture says that we are like his bride. It is a very real illustration um, that we would forsake all other ways and choose him. And when we come into a marriage covenant, that is an illustration of the covenant that we can come into in relationship with Christ. It's just him and no one else. And it's falling in love with him. And when I think of falling in love with my husband, I wouldn't want anybody else. I just want him. I want to know him. Mm. And that's the way it is with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to know that, that man who died on the cross for me, the God that sent his only son for me and nobody else. And I don't think, I mean, we can have these conversations forever. I could have a million apologists on here, but unless it comes out of an overflow, like what you said, Alex, of love, I mean, it's just a piece of paper. It's just a obligation, right? But out of an overflow of love, it's a natural thing. I chose, I chose my husband because I loved him. And I choose Jesus because I love him. And I know the fruit of relationship with him. Right. So I don't know. Maybe my cognitive abilities are starting to wake up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, girl. I see them. I see those wheels turning. <laughs> that makes sense, right? I'm like, oh, there's a picture of me and my husband behind me. That's what this is. I wouldn't want anybody else. It's not prideful to say you and me, just you and me. Mm-hmm. That's not pride. That's love. That's saying I choose only you. I will sacrifice my desire for all these other things for you. I don't know. Ruby, what do you think about that? That's great. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, it's good overall um do you have any other questions for alex no not really no ruby why do you think um why do you think it is arrogant i want to say there's only one way lead to god i won't say i think it's arrogant that's not a word i will use particularly but um I will say, you know, we both know there are like thousands of different religions out there, you know, and it's just unfair for me to hear people say that there is just only one way to lead to God. And that is, you know, to be a Christian. I just don't think that's fair. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... I just, I constantly come to the Lord and I'm always like, Lord, it doesn't seem like this is fair or that is fair or just the way that I'm being treated isn't right per se. But ultimately, I would say that scripture is very blunt in the way that it says that man is innately sinful we do not deserve really truly anything except we get to have salvation and we get to have the Holy Spirit and live blameless. Um, we get the opportunity to live fruitfully and live in a way that is glorifying to God. Um, so I would say in and of myself, I fully believe that it is because of my sins, all of our sins, that we sent Jesus to the cross. And he provided for us an opportunity in that um, by rising from the grave, he gave us an opportunity to walk in freedom. And even if we don't deserve his love and his grace, 
I don't deserve the roof over my head. I don't deserve the opportunities I've been given to love others and push back darkness. I don't deserve that. But for some reason, the Lord predestined that I could know him and he desires that I continue to share and live so that I can share the gospel and live in that freedom because that's freedom. Freedom is knowing that there is one way and freedom is in knowing that I have the opportunity to be free in that freedom because there's no there's no slavery pulling me down. The chains of the world no longer are keeping me chained by an idea that if there was a thousand different ways of living that led to the same place, I think our lives would be um, just a continual flood of fear and uncertainty, even if there is still that in my own life, I still experience fear and uncertainty, but I have freedom in that. And I, ha- and I know that even when I fall short every day that my creator picks me up. I mean, last night I came home after a really rough day. It was actually, no, it was a really sweet day, but it was like a lot of old um, traumas were coming back into my mind and just like remembering like man that was really rough but I just was able to sit on my knees and worship my creator and in that moment I was given freedom to just Alex like I'm meeting you here like sure things are going to be hard but that's all of us you know we're all going to experience pain and it is in that pain that he meets us. Amen. Uh, Ruby, somebody wanted to say hi to you real quick. <laughs> hi, Ruby. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Have fun. Ask good questions. I <laughs> <laughs> will. <laughs> so do you think that it's, I guess I, I'm going to throw this question out there and then we'll wrap up. Could it be prideful to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to reject the knowledge that there was of Christ because I think that if I was God, I would do it differently. I mean, is that kind of like a little bit of the same? I mean, you could flip it, couldn't you? Because if, it kind of is that kind of like, well, there's all these people who are, if that's right, all these, there's a lot of people who are getting it wrong and that doesn't seem fair to me. So it's kind of like putting God to the, to the test, right? Saying, oh, God didn't do it right and flipping it. I mean, it's kind of saying, well, Ruby, what do you think? I mean, because let's, let's imagine for a second Alex and I are right that there's only one way, that, is, that the Bible is 100% accurate. And someday you die and you go and stand before God and he says, I sent these people to talk to you, but you thought that I was doing it wrong. And it's interesting because um, when you look in scripture in the book of Job, in the book of Job, when Job's suffering, And his friends come and they comfort him and they're having all these conversations and Job has lost all these things. And he starts trying to figure it all out. God comes and he talks to Job. It's really, really interesting. And what does he say? It's not like this comforting, like, here's why I did it this way. Here's what happened. I'm going to reason with you. He just reminds Job of who he is. That Job actually can't do all these different things that God can he says, did you pull in the ocean? Did you create the lion cub to do this with its mother? Did you see this? Did you form the stars? And he like goes through and it's a long, long um, response to Job. And it, God is recorded as saying these things to him. And it's 
basically putting Job in his place. And so often when I think, I mean, I used to think this as a young person, like someday when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God all these things like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? And I listened to a pastor, Francis Chan, say, uh, you know who's going to be asking us questions? It's going to be God. We're not going to be the ones asking him the questions. He's God. He's God, not us. And so when we think something is unfair or frustrating about scripture, I think we need to wrestle with that. But also, like Alex, as as you keep pointing out, we're not perfect beings who have the ability, like you said, if we were perfect beings, then this would be totally great, right? Of course, like we have the right to create our own little universes and do our own little things, but we actually aren't. Um, Does that make sense? I'm just kind of talking off the cuff here. I don't really have any notes. I'm just talking like I would if you were right in front of me. What do you think? You're nodding your head. Yes. Yeah. One of the things that was most comforting to me in my life, a few years ago, we were going through a time of uncertainty, and I listened to this song by Ghost Ship called Where Were You? And it was... And I'm going to put it in the show notes. And whoever's listening to this at this point, please go listen to that song. It's so good. And there's a YouTube version of it that shows all these different things. And it's basically what I just described about God responding to Job. Like, where were you? And it's this beautiful, beautiful song saying all these things that God does that we can't do. And saying, like, this is my world, not yours. (laughs) It's just Really, really fascinating. Alex, thank you for coming on here, for sharing from your heart. Um, for those listening, um, do you have any resources that you would recommend um, for somebody who might be struggling with this question? Um, or I, I know you're a writer. I know you've written a book. Do you want to share how people can find you if they have further questions after this conversation? Absolutely. I definitely first want to point people to incredible resources that have helped me in just like discerning truth from um, from some teachings that I don't agree with. And one resource that is incredible is the Elisa Childers podcast. Did I pronounce her name right? I feel like Elisa Childers. Darn it. Okay. Well, it's close. <laughs> I like her too. Oh my goodness. And then her book, Another Gospel, is incredible. It's Mm -hmm. more on like progressive Christian movement, but that podcast is incredible. And then there's also a podcast slash YouTube channel. They post most of their things on their YouTube channel, but it's called Remnant Radio. And they have, they talk about universalism. They talk about different aspects of the Christian faith. They talk about um, they have people on that are atheists. They have, I mean, they just talk about everything and everything, anything. I mean, it is, it has changed the way that I look at my faith. So those are two huge resources that have impacted my life a lot. Um, but yes, I also have a podcast that's called Apologetics Fun and Ten. I've talked about universalism. I've, I've talked about specific teachings that have affected me in the way um, that I perceive my Jesus and, um, that can affect people in today. And so apologetics fun and 10. And then I would definitely, I have a website that I can send you with all those resources on there makes it easy to be clickable, but those are, I would recommend those two first resources before myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. And Ruby, do you have any do you have the final question there? I, I do. Right, okay. So the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Which of those gifts that people like Janelle believe Christ offers stands out to you in your life right now? And why? 100% authenticity. I find that the Lord has really been reminding me of who I am in him and restoring me to 
the true design of of creation for his purpose so that I might know him more and see him deeper. And so he has been seemingly just wrecking me and allowing me to see my sin and see my need for him and a need for dependence on him. And that allows, and that I'm able to be authentic with people, actually authentic and not just share what I've struggled with or what I've healed from, but what I'm trying to heal from. Um, by the power of Christ. And so honestly, through therapy, I've been trying to be, I'm like, I need to be authentic. And my therapist is like, we're getting there, Alex, we're getting there. So authenticity is definitely something that I'm in a journey towards right now. I love that. Thank you for being so vulnerable to Alex and sharing about your own struggles. I think that's really valuable. And I'm excited for um, the work that you're doing and the passion that you have for Christ. And um, it's going to impact a lot of people and it's uh, a joy to behold. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and Ruby Jean. Yes. I love you. You too. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories, and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.